Hi, moguls. Welcome to the show. Today, we have a very special guest, Jack Rosenthal, and he is one of my youngest guests ever on the program. He's only 18 years old. He's an entrepreneur and investor, and he's the author of Teen Investing, which is the number two best-selling book on teen investing. And he's also the founder of the Young Investors Club. Let's welcome Jack Rosenthal to the show. Jack, welcome. Thanks so much for having me on. Really excited to be here. Glad we got a chance to do this. I know this has been two months in the making, but now finally here we are ready to record. And here's a copy of my book for anyone who's watching this visually. I'm not sure if you can see it visually, but whatever. I'm holding up a copy right now. <laughs> Let me see that copy. <laughs> Want some autographed copies for our guests. If you'd like an autographed copy for the guests, just email me um, and we will get you an autographed copy. Um, and probably a discount. You're, we always get discounts for our audience. But um, so, uh, Jack, can you tell us where you're recording with me live today from? Yes. So I'm calling in from New York, my uh, my house in New York where I grew up. I'm home for summer vacation. Um, so I, went, I go to school in Boston. And I just finished my freshman year of college. And now I'm back home for the summer uh, in New York. So what? Uh, so you are going to college in Boston. What? Uh, what university is it? A university out there? Um. Yeah, it is called Babson College. It's a entrepreneurship school. It's about twenty minutes outside of the city of Boston. Um. And yeah, I uh, really enjoyed my first year there. Just finished up freshman year. And then, as far as the story of my books, yeah, like like you mentioned, I uh, I wrote one book, Teen Investing, at the end of my senior year of high school, which did really well on Amazon and became a top seller in teenage investing category, which you can find on Amazon under Jack Rosenthal. Go plug the book. It's probably way easier to order on Amazon rather than try email and get an autographed copy. Um, so if you want it sent directly to you within two days, go get it on Amazon. Just type in my name, Jack Rosenthal. Um, anyway, then more recently, I wrote my latest book, Teen Entrepreneurship which is all about educating teenagers on entrepreneurship, also on Amazon. And then that's the whole purpose of why I started the podcast. So that teens and males and females and anyone that wants to learn investing would be inspired by our guests. Because, you know, I'm not an expert, but I have experts on the show and people that inspire people. Like they really love Ned Brine's um, guest guest speaker because he he showed us that you can start by just being like a regular worker that um, was a just a manager of a grocery store. Not like it's just a manager, but he was a manager of a grocery store and became a multi billionaire. So and here you are, just a teenager in high school, and you had this best selling book, and now you are coming out with your second book. Um, so can you, first of all, tell me like, so can you, let's just back it up. Like you're growing up, who, who taught you or who were your mentors growing up as a kid? Yeah. My biggest mentor is probably my grandfather, just cause he was closest to home. Like a lot of kids aren't so fortunate. They got to learn from someone from a distance, like through a book or through YouTube or through some kind of uh, uh, internet method. However, my grandfather was a trader back in the day in the stock market. So when I was eight years old, he set me up with my first investment portfolio. Um, and the way that he got started, he said, okay, Jack, here's some money. You can decide however you want to invest it. You can't take the money out, but you can decide which stocks and which investments you want to put it in. So I decided how I wanted to allocate my portfolio at eight years old. You <laughs> believe that. Uh, and, and I actually, it's like, it'd be great if I won. I ended up losing. I lost 4% that year. So, but it taught me a ton of lessons about like kind of what not to do investing really early on. Like I learned 
early on what not to do. So my grandfather kind of let me fail first. And then afterwards, he's like, all right, now I'm going to teach you how I invest. And I've been following his investment principles and his investment philosophy ever since. Well, uh, Jack, you know, I'm going to have to ask you. So you're eight years old. Did you even know what you were kind of doing? Oh, yeah. No, I knew what a stock was. I remember back then. Yeah, I knew what a stock was. I had some uh, I had some some couple like experts. I remember I visited like an office of the guy that we knew and some of the guys there explained to me some metrics that they looked at the stocks. So I knew a little bit about it, but uh, and I knew what a stock was, but I didn't really know how to analyze stocks. Okay. And then, so can you share with us some things that you picked? Not that you want to say that they didn't do well, but just what was, as an eight-year-old, what were you picking? Can you share that? Yes. Yeah, so I picked 16 different stocks. That was my first mistake right there. I only had a few thousand dollars to invest in the first place. So trying to spread that among 16 different stocks and having all of them be really successful was pretty unlikely. What I should have done is gone all like gone all in on like two or three investments that I thought were going to do really well, not diversify, but really magnify my investment on things that I thought were going to do well. Because of that investment, I think I picked like 16 and three of them ended up doing really well. And those were like two of those ones I was really confident about. But so if I concentrate more of the investments in the ones that I really like, I would have done better. So I kind of followed like this investment philosophy you always hear when you're younger, diversify, diversify, diversify. But really, I should have magnified more of my investments into these bets that I knew were going to pay off in the long run. Um, that was the first one. And I forget exactly what kind of companies they were. It was a really long time ago. But another mistake I made is I've invested a lot of small cap companies. And over the long run, what I've seen, at least for the last 10 years, I've been investing large cap companies. So companies with over like billion dollar or $10 billion market caps have far outperformed small cap companies, which are companies with, which are worth under $1 billion. So so that's some good advice. So you, you discovered that like the small cap companies, even though they might be good cap, good companies you're finding that the the bad the bigger the cap it um was better for you Prop, yeah the growth wasn't there for the smaller companies like it, you know they kind of started small and they just kind of remained small versus companies like apple which 10 years ago was one tenth the size it is today have just far outperformed that so so do you remember one of them like what were you picking were you booking food were you booking disney like were you picking cars were like what how did you know that wasn't so I was picking like these tiny little companies never heard of, which had like a few hundred million dollar, or like a billion dollar, or two billion dollar market cap, like very tiny companies, oil companies, I think were some of them, some computer related current companies. And yeah, just companies that are very small, no one had ever heard of. They looked good from the fundamentals, but they just didn't really get a lot of growth. And, and what were you looking at to find the name of those companies? Like you're eight years old. So did you have a computer back then? Or like, what were you looking How Like, where were you searching? Like, they didn't have Robin Hood and stuff like that back then. <laughs> yeah, no, thank God they did. Um, yeah, so I was looking at Yahoo Finance, which was a great, that was like the number one portal back then. Everyone used Yahoo Finance. Now like people use other ones, but Yahoo Finance was what I was looking at. And then kind of what I learned is, then the next year, I started doing much better in investing, thankfully, and I've been doing better ever since. But yeah, I learned, you know, you want to invest in these large caps, solid companies. And what I really try and do is I try and buy, you know, larger companies like, you know, the Nikes, the Apples, even smaller ones too, like Xerox or companies like that. Crocs been a great company recently. Um, and just kind of buy them at a good price. So let's say like, you know, some kind of event that's only going to hit them for the short run happens. Like, let's say the founder of it dies or something like Apple, the founder Steve Jobs dying. You know, yeah, it has an effect on the company in the short run, but like they're not going to sell less computers next year because Steve Jobs isn't alive. Like people still own the computers and people still continue to buy the computers. So that's like an example of a good time to get in.
So that's what I've had a lot of success with buying, you know, strong U.S. companies and getting it at like a good price or a good time. So that leads us to the question, like, how do you know how to get in? Because like, um, so like, say example, like, ever, you know, everyone's crazy about Tesla, you know, Elon Musk. Um, and, you know, like, so what would you, can you get, can, and, and these are always entertainment pers- purposes. And our disclaimer is we don't give advice. This is just for educational purpose, for inspiration, and we don't give advice. So, um, but we can, we can just share our opinion. So, so say something for Tesla, how, is there like a point, like, uh, like, oh, he's, it's already hit big. Like, um, so how would you. You know, would you would you invest in Tesla? Are you invested in Tesla? Something like that, for example. Tesla's one of the. I just I haven't touched Tesla. I've been. I, I admit I've, I've missed out on Tesla for a long time, but I just really feel like Tesla's valued a lot for the percentage of the car market that it owns right now. And compared, it's not worth, in my opinion, worth more than all the other auto car makers combined. And it is currently valued out right now. It's current price. So. I, I'm not a big investor in Tesla, but that being said, I've been wrong in the past. So I could be wrong in the future about specifically Tesla. So, so say, so example, say like if someone wanted to get into Apple, you know, like the, the big tech companies, is it too, is it like too late to get an Apple? Or are you trying to find the dips, even though those companies, um, on the company? I think if you want to, get, I'd say Amazon, Amazon's a good price right now. I think it's like, you know, anything close to 3000 is a good price for it. Uh, in my opinion, obviously, it's like professional. You know, this is that's not financial advice. Um, but I'd say Amazon's a great company. Amazon controls a huge percentage of the U.S. e-commerce business. I think something like forty-two cents out of every dollar spent on the internet on retail sales in the United States is spent on Amazon, which is a very powerful number. And I think uh, internet sales or internet retail sales still only make up about one percent of all the U.S. retail sales, most of it's still in store. I think as that continues to shift online, Amazon's just going to keep eating up a bigger percentage of that. And that's why I think of all the companies and also all the companies that innovate, Amazon really done a ton with the cloud. And if there's one company that can really take on Oracle and their cloud, it's going to be Amazon. So I'd say if of all the big FANG stocks, that's Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, and Google, I'd say Amazon's my favorite. So even though it's because, um, like you said, like um, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to get some lower price stocks or get a, a like a, a, a diversify your portfolio. But um, so this is the one thing that I want to share with our audience. So you um, is it like so less is more is what you're saying. And then sometimes don't be afraid of the price point that Amazon's around three thousand dollars because, like you said, like you you want to magnify less is more. Is that kind of like a recap? That's a good recap. Or yeah, I say if you're if you're making if you if you're pretty confident about investment, don't put all your money in it or even half. Make a significant investment in that so that you can uh, see the rewards in it. And then the second thing would be um, getting getting in on these great great companies, even if they're very large, just getting them at a good price. So even though it's like, you know, $1.5 trillion market cap, I think that that's deserved by Amazon. I think it's going to be worth much more than that in the future. Okay. And so, um, so something like Crocs and Nike, I was just looking at those two because I, I, I miss, uh, I just, for some reason, I, I like miss going to Nike when it was in the nineties, um, 95, and now it's like one, almost 140 and then Crocs took off. So, um, so I really like that you like those two as well, because I think I like them too. And I just saw that like, you know, they're so comfortable. And so how do you how do you go around picking the categories for stocks? Because a lot of people go, well, which category is the best? Like, or do you have any favorite 
categories that you look at besides like the, the cap uh, on them? I like, I like companies that I think are going to exist in at least 20 or 30 years from now, where I think there's going to be just, there's going to be more demand for them in 30 years than there is today. Um, so like company, Amazon's a great example of that. You can easily see there being more need for cloud space and more need for e-commerce in the future. But also companies like Nike. Nike is funny, actually. The Young Investors Club, which is this group that I was involved with, which became, which we could talk about later, but became a very large uh, teenage investing club. We bought Nike, uh, I think like, I want to say three years ago or something like that, like something like in the 80s or 70s or something like that. That investment's really paid off ever since. Um, we also bought, I want to say, we also bought Tesla too. That wasn't my own money, so I think I was willing to invest in Tesla there. But yeah, Tesla was a huge, huge payoff. I think we bought it like $200, hundred dollars something like that. We didn't nice. Pay the for it. Nice. Yeah, yeah. We did really well on that. Um but yeah, I mean, I would say what I really look for is is two types of investments. I'm looking for a more of a value company than I'm looking for like a boring company. Like literally it's boring. Like the service they do is just boring. It doesn't get anyone excited. Like railroads, those are like Warren Buffett's favorite companies. Like, yeah, no one's going to get excited over a railroad. It's, the, it's not even the newest technology. It's not even like the second fastest way of transportation. It's like the third slowest way. But there's a huge need for it for transporting like large quantities of things across the nation, and um, and the businesses like that are always going to be great businesses, which are going to be. I could easily see a railroad being around in a hundred years from now. It's been around for the last hundred years. I could easily see it being around for the next hundred, just because it can transport you know cattle and oil and everything in big quantities. Um, so I like that. I like those kind of value boring businesses. And then, as I said, I like businesses that are just long-term. So I wouldn't say a specific industry, just businesses that I think are going to be larger, or very likely to be larger in 20 or 30 years from now. Um, speaking of, like, so um, what about oil? How do you feel about oil with um, all this battery-operated cars and with these new laws coming in? Is there... Yeah, I wouldn't touch oil. Okay, so so those are some of the... So, um, so, okay. So can you, okay. So you're, you're eight years old and you learn about like le less is more than like spreading it out. And, uh, then your, then your grandfather, um, then, uh, took you to the next step to show you how he did it. Is there any advice or, um, tips that he gave you to, to really, to really, you know, start really learning the game? or learning the investment strategy? Yeah, uh, well, those were the, really the two tips he gave me. So, you know, concentrate your investments on things you really believe in and, you know, look for value. So, like, he gave me some fundamental advice as far as some different metrics you can look at to determine the value of a company and then pay based off that value that's calculated. So that's really cool. So your grandfather was just, uh, he passed down his knowledge and love of stocks and he even took you to companies and then, so did, were you in, interested in it? Like, were you, was this exciting to you or was this more like a chore? No, I was interested. I wanted, I, I was eager for him to teach me that. So, so and, and this is your field. What field of study are you studying in college? In college, I study finance. Finance. Yeah, it's already figured. So, um, yeah, because you are an amazing entrepreneur, amazing investor. And I love how bright and smart you are um, in this knowledge. And can you share anything with us? So you're in your first year of college. Can you explain to us more about your, um, do you want to explain to us about the Young Investors Club? Yeah, sure. So the Young Investors Club is something that 
I started in my freshman year of high school, so five years. Um, I was the first member, me, and uh, I started the club basically as a way to invest money alongside other teenagers. So the idea was I was going to recruit kids. We were all going to put in a thousand bucks each, because crew as many kids as possible, and we're going to manage the money of the portfolio together. So that first year, I recruited twenty members, got twenty thousand dollars of portfolio. My junior year of high school, I had uh, forty members and forty thousand dollars of portfolio. That was the year that I decided I just wanted to make the club the largest investing club in the country. So uh, I, by the end of that year, I closed to 100 members and over $120,000 in assets in the club. Um, and, and then it became the largest investing club in the country that I'm aware of. After that, my senior year of high school, I passed off the club to another member who was within the club. So I always wanted the club to be run by a high schooler, not a college student. And now the club continues to be run by the same by other high schoolers. And it's really cool that I uh, founded it and that I was a part of it. So I love that. So this club became the, you said, the largest teen investing club in the United States or in the world? In the United States, right? In the United States. I mean, the world, it's kind of, I don't know. Okay, well, I just, Dubai, yeah. I don't know. So that's really cool. I love that. And so um, can any teenagers join it or just that high school? Or how does, is, can, if someone reaches out, um, how do I refer them? Yeah, it does. So it's not really open to any teenagers. The way that we grew it is um, your parent has to be in this network. So in order to get all the members, we sent out blast emails to this network of parents. And as part of the agreement, we made it exclusive to just people that were uh, children, their sons or daughters of parents that were in that network. So now, unfortunately, it's not available for everybody. And um, I'm no longer but it's still really, still really cool that it continues. Well, maybe um, a lot of teenagers can be inspired to have their teenage investing club and um, have, yeah, because the parent, you're still under age and the parents, it's something. That's someone that, yeah, definitely. So I got someone who wrote to me for my book. Um, there's an email at the end of my book that wrote to me and, and they said, oh, I'm really inspired by what you did. I want to start my own investing club. So yeah, definitely a lot of teenagers have started clubs out, out from that. Yeah, and can you tell us how this, your book came about? Can you tell us a little bit about your book? So that, um, you know, we'd like a lot of teenagers to read it because um, you're very knowledgeable and I think it'd be really amazing for young, aspiring. And, and, any, and I think anyone that's a beginner will find your book invaluable, right? It would be for teenagers and, and beginners alike, right? Yep, totally. Uh, it's for teenagers, advanced, you know, medium, beginners. So really the reason why I wrote the book is at the end of my last year running, running the Young Investors Club, I decided to write a book on investing that kind of categorized and collected all the collective teachings I learned from teaching the club about investing all those years. Um, so I, wrote, I gave out the book to everyone who's a member of the club for free. as just kind of like a thank you for being part of the club. And then I realized there's a ton of other great investing teachings and a ton of great investing philosophy that was within the book. And I made it available on Amazon. And then uh, the book started doing really well on Amazon. Turned out there's a big interest in teenage investing. And uh, yeah, the book's the book's done really well ever since. It's become a top seller in teen investing. And anyone can go get that book on Amazon by looking up uh, Teen Investing Jack Rosenthal. Yeah, and can you give any advice to young investors and beginner investors or are investors that want to learn more? Any advice that you'd like to give to them? Yeah, um, biggest advice is, and I'd say, it's like, let's say, get the book. I mean, the book is, is, I can't, I can only tell you so much in a podcast. I mean, the book really goes into a lot more detail as far as my own investing life, my own investing uh, successes. 
Um, so definitely get the book. I'd also say, you know, check out, there's tons of great YouTube channels that have great information on investing. Uh, tons of great investors, far successful, far more successful than me, like Warren Buffett, you can uh, check out and many other, you know, really successful investors. Um, but yeah, the biggest advice I give as far as like personally what they can do is just get started in like a job or earning money somehow. So you can start building up a portfolio and building up money because you can't start investing portfolio without money. Start working a job, start start a business, do something in order to get some money. Um, and then as soon as you have $5,000, get started and start investing as a teenager. And um, uh, do you prefer a um, like a Webull or do you have a favorite investing platform that you find to be um, ideal or that you prefer? How many? I got a Robinhood, Webull, Fidelity. I'm familiar with a lot of them. Um, I personally like Fidelity the most because that one has the least trading fees. So with Robinhood, a lot of people aren't aware, but when you pay like $110.16 for a stock, that stock actually costs $110.15. And Robinhood's making that one cent or two cent spread off every single order you order. So they're not charging direct fees, but they're charging indirect fees based off the trading. Fidelity and some of the larger ones don't actually do that. So I'd recommend Fidelity uh, for anyone who's looking at that. Sorry, that's the one my grandfather set up for me and it's worked out really well ever since. Yeah, and that's like, I mean, if uh, Robinhood is super easy for you to use and a lot of people like it just for, it's just so clean and easy. But I'm finding out that there you're being, you know, like for, but you know, if convenient and easy gets you into the game. But then if you want to move up to, I think I've been hearing a lot of great things about fidelity. So I want them to explore other options as well. And um, can you share um, like one of your biggest um, plays? Biggest play, like biggest investments. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, put some money into a weed stock. Uh, one month, and then a month later, the price of stock doubled, and then we sold. Um, are you? Do you trade a lot? Are you? Do you believe in the vision? Did your grandpa say buy and hold, or is there a new kind of way to? Do you believe in trading, buying, holding? Like, what's your philosophy, and is it? Um, should we modernize it for these times? Yeah, no, I don't. I don't trade at all. I'm just a buy and hold guy. I buy. And then Pretty much don't sell or I'll sell occasionally, but then I'll buy back in soon. Um, so I don't day trade. It's not something I'm an expert at. I've heard some people have done well in day trading, but I think that day trading is a whole other thing, and it, it's kind of like a whole other field. And I haven't seen a ton of other teenagers who try to be very successful in day trading. So uh, I, I just recommend buying and holding for the long run, and that, that's worked out really well for me. Amazing. And so, um, okay, so you are taking a break from college. You're back in New York and um, you're studying finance and um, you, you have your, what was your second book? Can you share your second book with us? Yeah, my second book is Teen Entrepreneurship, which is actually probably now my favorite of the two books. So I just wrote this one about a month ago and this one's all about how to become an entrepreneur as a teenager. Got a hundred pages of useful advice. It goes through. Let's see what has it got here? It's got some different businesses you can start as a teenager. Um, some different business principles and advice that I've learned. Some interesting stories of other entrepreneurs. Got a ton of really cool content in here, and that's definitely a book I'd recommend any one, any teenager, or any person who's looking to be an entrepreneur checks out and reads. I love it. Oh my gosh, Jack. So is there, um, so uh, in COVID, did you find anything interesting? Did you learn anything with that kind of companies like, um, 
who profited the most and then who really didn't do well? And do you see, did you find any companies that you just found to be amazing during COVID besides Amazon? Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. First, personal investments. What was one? I didn't buy Zoom. So. You didn't buy Zoom? <laughs> no. Um, hmm. I mean, all the stocks have been up since COVID. I mean, technically, all the stocks have done well because the stock market's just been on a bull run ever since March. Um, but it's not doing really well. I'm trying to think of I can't think of one that did really well because of COVID. I think just all my stocks were up just since since March just because a lot of this, the U.S. economy is starting to recover. So when you say some interest, like, um, can you share like maybe like three, like something that we wouldn't think of, like some people probably wouldn't think of a real world. What was another one or two, if you don't mind sharing that most people wouldn't think of like as boring stuff? Yeah, definitely check out that company. It's like it's Warren Buffett's company. A lot of people know Warren Buffett, but they don't know his company that he actually owns and runs. It's called Berkshire Hathaway. It's one of the largest financial services companies in the United States. They own a ton of your favorite brands like Geico. Dairy Queen, uh, Dell, uh, the battery company, I forget the name of that company, Duracell. They own like these really like, you think like, okay, what are like foreign products that still everyone needs? Like batteries, like, you know how many products still run on batteries? So many. And uh, they own that company as well as many others. So Virtual Hathaway is definitely a great stock for the long run. I recommend you check out. And then what about 3M? Do you find that one interesting because of all the like little things on that? Right, they got their they got their strong dividend, and they used to have a strong dividend. Let's see what it is right now. Three M, I like. Um, let me see. I think it's like MMM or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the ticker. Uh, hundred twenty billion dollar market cap. It's up a lot recently. What's their dividend? Oh, they got a uh, two. Oh, yeah, paying a solid three percent dividend, about two point nine percent. Yeah, I mean it's a solid company. Um, but anyway. Do yeah, you, I, 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 yeah, I think it's a good company. Well, what are you into? Um, does the do the dividends make a difference for you? Are you like do you find that exciting or does yeah. it? Yeah, dividends are great. It's just free money on top of whatever price the stock goes up. And do you um, reinvest your dividends? Like the um, um, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. If I'm looking to just buy something for cash flow, just just to like pay me every quarter, then I don't. But Typically, uh, typically, I end up like kind of waiting on all the cash, then reinvesting all the dividends in the same stock or a different stock. Oh, wonderful, wonderful, yeah. And then, um, so uh, as we're coming out of COVID, do you find any changes in the market? Like, is it going? Do you feel that it's going to be a bear market or is it going to uh, a bull market? Do you feel? I mean, there's a lot of teenagers investing in Robinhood right now, and they don't really know too much about. <laughs> the market, which is driving stock prices through the roof, through historic levels. Um, I would say that the market, in the long run, if typically if you hold the market, you'll be fine. Um, in the short run, people have been saying there's a crash coming for eight years. A lot of people already said that the crash did come with COVID, and we're just kind of already backing up since. Uh, I would say as long as the Fed continues to just pump money into the government, we could see like this bull rally continue for like the next five years easily. Uh, but I'd say we should expect, you know, soon for the, the growth of these giant companies to kind of start not going down, but just not growing by the same percentages it's been growing year after year. 
Wonderful. So um, is there anything else you'd like to share with us um, quickly? Uh, anything else before you go back to college? <laughs> um, yeah, I would just say for any young readers out there, go check out my books, Jackler's Faulty Investing on Amazon. You can go find the other book, Teen Entrepreneurship. Um, you know, follow me on Instagram, starsocial.pro. If you want to shoot me a message or something. Other than that, really hope that this provided some value to, uh, to young listeners out there, as well as parents who might have children. Definitely recommend that the children, you know, listen or get the book or whatever. Um, and yeah, I'm uh, really appreciative and glad you had me on. Yeah. Well, Jack, thank you so much for being on the show. Moguls, uh, check out Jack Rosenthal. He is fantastic. And Jack, I want to have you back. So please come back and thank you everyone for listening to the show. And that was Jack Rosenthal. One more time, your social media. Starsocial.pro. Starsocial.pro. And check out his book and go get that. You're going to learn a lot. Teen investing. Thanks so much, Jack, for being on the show today. Thanks for having me.